Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, everybody, hey, thanks for joining us today for one of our Start Church blogs where we have our founder in today, Pastor Raul Rivera. And uh, he and I have been talking about different subjects over the last couple of months, really trying to empower pastors and ministry leaders how to lead their organization right. And so, Raul, it is uh, into the second quarter. A lot of churches are getting started right now. And, right. and a lot of churches have been started with us. And uh, they got some questions. And one of the questions we're hearing people ask are about their board. The board is obviously a significant part of the church plant. And I hear this question, we hear this question being asked, what is a conflict of interest? Yeah, that's right. And so can you help us explain to everybody what a conflict of interest is, how it plays out, and what we can do as leaders to help our board be ready for that situation? Yeah, that's a great question, Nathan. And, you know, it's something we've taught for many, many years, you know, to help avoid conflicts of interest. And every board member, before they join the board, should sign a statement is we call it the conflict of interest statement, right. you know, where they'll say they won't use their position on the board for personal gain. And if there is a potential that there is something that would conflict with that, that they would make it known to the board of directors. Right. You know, and a good example is, let's say I'm a roofing contractor and my church needs a new roof. Sure. I can bid it out or I could offer to repair the roof at a certain cost. And then when it, the board goes to vote on it, I'd vote on a yes for that myself. Right. That would be a conflict of interest. So the board members, will zoom out just a little bit. First off, your board is giving some directional oversight to the church, right? right. They're going to be making decisions. They can make financial decisions. You're suggesting that first thing a board member has to understand is that there may come a season or a moment in time where they have a conflict of two different interests, the interest of perhaps their own business and the interest of the church. That's right. And so how does a pastor go about explaining that to a board member? Because when you said we're bringing on businessmen or women into this situation, how do we go about explaining that to them? What would you say to the board member uh, to explain that situation? Yeah, it's the best time to do that is before they ever join the board. Right, right. for sure. Before everything you catch early is always better. Right. You know, so if I'm going to ask somebody to join the board, uh, one of the very first things that we'll talk about is, Hey, what are your responsibilities as a board member? So as a as a board member, you have a fiduciary responsibility that everything you do in behalf of or for the church is strictly for the interests of the church, right. not your very own. Right. And so when I have, have ever every time I've asked someone to join my board, I do give them that document. An actual statement, a written statement That's saying right. I will not use my place on the board for my own interest. That is correct. I will recuse myself or something like that. That's right. And what that document does is it creates a great conversation. And then it gives me the chance to better explain what that means. And so I'll tell the board members that there may be times where you as a board member provide a service that our church would need and would need to buy from you. But the correct way of handling that is that we would present it to the board, but then you say as a potential conflict of interest, you make it known, hey, I would be that service provider, so I'm gonna step out and I'm not gonna vote on this issue and let the rest of the board members vote for themselves because there could be another service provider that actually would do it for less or maybe has a better product. 
And so in order to ensure that it doesn't look like I'm using that position for my own personal gain, I really need to step back, make it known, and let the church independently decide without my input That's into really the matter. Great. And you, it protects me. Yeah, sure. Do you suggest that they recuse themselves from the discussion or just from the vote? Because if I know a lot about business and, you know, say I am a roofer and I can offer some great insight, whether you pick my company or not needs to be out of my hands. But can I still be involved in the conversation? Yeah, you can be involved in the conversation, but the, the, where that line gets gray is to what degree is it a sales pitch? I see. Right. Yeah, to I what see. degree is it? So I would say the best way to handle that is for the church to take in two or three bids from other contractors, mm, and then they can be discussed. But when that discussion takes place over the three bids, the board member whose bid is in, on the table should back out of that discussion right. as well. That's the best way to ensure that there could not be anything that would come That's back great. to haunt the church or the actual service provider. And many times I've seen it where, the let's say it's the roofer, and he says, I'm not even gonna do it at a profit. I'm only going to charge you for materials right. and I won't make any profit. I'll provide my own labor and I'll even have it at a loss. Yeah. Even that could be looked upon a year later when you look at the paper trail as a conflict of interest wow. because the church didn't take the measures to say, were you part of the voting, were you not? And that goes into section 4958 of the Internal Revenue Code right. and where a conflict of interest apparently results in the IRS believing that there was personal financial gain, even if you actually did it at a loss, sure. could result in a fine of up to 250% of the actual value of that contract. Wow. So it, this is one of those topics that it's really important to say, what can we as a church do to document correctly that the right steps were taken to avoid even the appearance of a conflict of interest? So a lot of our pastors are gonna hear this now and say, oh, I didn't have that step. I, I missed it. Or hey, I can see one or two of my board having that in the future. How would you go about correcting that now? Can, can you, let's say you're, you're a year in, two years in, can you get those statements out there now and say this is something new that we're doing, we're gonna bring? Yeah, if you have board members that have never signed a conflict of interest statement and this has not even been a topic or a, a train of thought in your church, there's no better way to start than right now. Love it. Getting that statement signed, you know, again, something may have happened where you're listening to this discussion and you're going, Oh, we did that a year ago, yeah, two sure. years ago. You know, prayer is awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> prayer is awesome. You know, I believe God covers a multitude of our shortcomings so yeah. many times, so many ways. But the best way to compliance is to not necessarily ponder in the past too much, but first, let's fix today. Fix it today. That's let's right. Let's put it right today. And then if we can fix what, what's in the past, we will. For example, Section 4958 says if you correct a conflict of interest or if you correct what could be what would be considered an unjust compensation sure. or an agreement made in this regard, but if you fix it in the same year that it took place, it, it counts as being compliant from the beginning. So let's say you put a new roof on in your church in January and you've paid that contractor, but that wasn't in, in line. The best thing to do is correct it today. You know, get the documentation in, document the discussions that took place and show how that was a fair and just agreement that was made. Right. You know, what you can fix in the year that it occurred is best. Sometimes in the past, you know, you can't go back and fix all things. Yeah. I've heard you say over and over, there's no time like today. That's right. You know, get it. It is, isn't this also a point to how important board meeting minutes are? That's right. Showing, it's one thing to say, I've got a written statement. It's another thing to say, and here's the board meeting minutes that showed the recusal, That's that right. showed the vote. That's 
as right, well. how important that is. Yeah, oftentimes, you know, churches have board meetings, but they don't take minutes. You know, we always are of the persuasion here, if there are no minutes, it did not happen. That's you right. Know, in, a, in a terribly worded sentence, right, if there are no minutes. But what I'm trying to get at is, if you aren't taking minutes, it's as though it didn't happen because how do you prove what was said, what decisions were made, who voted yes, yeah. who voted no, other than to do it contemporaneously? So anything, any board meetings that have taken place this year, if minutes weren't taken, the best thing to do is go back and look at what was said and record that down in, in, in the format of minutes. You know, when you're sitting on a board, one of the things you want to ask as board members is, are minutes being taken? Are, is yeah. this adequately documented? Uh, it is part of your own protection to show either, you know, in this particular context about a conflict of interest, hey, I did recuse myself. I'm aware of that. I'd sign this and making sure that those are those are filed correctly. Raul, thanks so much. I think this has been a great topic. If you have any questions about the conflict of interest statement or policy, give us a call. We'd love to walk you through that. Raul, thanks again for being with us. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.